Today's episode was inspired by yet another Twitter conversation. This one was about those people you just know that you would be friends with, but for some reason it hasn't happened yet. And it made me think of a certain proto-friend that I made. I mean, made isn't even the right word exactly. A a proto-friend that I recognized a while back who had a surprising impact on my life. Getting Discomfortable With Proto-Friends I met this particular proto-friend at a conference called World Domination Summit. I've talked about it before. I, I did a whole episode on it last year. It is a really fun gathering of really interesting people. I went for the first time in 2018, and then I went again in 2019, and I'll be going again this year for the very final World Domination Summit this summer. And one of the best parts about World Domination Summit are the meetups that happen. There's this process by which anyone who's attending the conference can set up their own meetup. And you have to arrange it all yourself, but it gets funneled into the main site. And there's like a whole meetup landing page. And it's one of the most popular and interesting parts of the festival because there is literally a meetup on every single subject. There's a meetup where you can go whitewater rafting. There's a meetup where you can play ukulele. There's a meetup for polyamory. There's a meetup for bow tie wearers. There's a meetup for vegans. There's a meetup for hiking. And there's a meetup for shame, which I happen to run each year. So in my first year, one of the meetups that caught my eye was an LGBTQ plus mixer. It was an evening meetup on one of the weekend nights where all the gays come together at a bar and talk and drink and sometimes dance. And since I didn't know anyone in my first year, this seemed like a good way to meet people and, you know, maybe some cute guys, who knows? So I remember nervously going to this meetup all by myself. I think it was like 9 or 10 p.m. on a Saturday. After a very long day of speakers and meetups and World Domination Summit shenanigans. And I remember that the guy who set up the meetup was, let's call him Craig. And I remember thinking that as, you know, the newest gay to be attending World Domination Summit... I would get a warm welcome from the host, Craig. And I was surprised that he didn't seem particularly interested in talking to me. I was like, I'm AJ, and I'm gay, and I'm here at World Domination Summit. It's my first year. And he was like, yeah, yeah, welcome. And I spent the night talking to various other people who were at the meetup. And I remember feeling kind of resentful. I was like, what's up with this guy, Craig? Like, he plans this whole gay meetup, and then he's, like, not very friendly, and he's aloof. And, you know, I, I I know, I couldn't really connect with him. And what I took away was this feeling that... This is and this is a classic interpretation for me, and I suspect for a lot of gay men that I like wasn't cute enough or something. I was like, oh, this this Craig guy just doesn't, I don't know, he doesn't like me or uh, I'm not his type or something. And it's it's not like I was trying to sleep with him, n- not at all. I just felt like 
I had this expectation that I would get a warmer welcome. And, and maybe this was like egotistical of me, but I was like, I'm a relatively cute new gay guy. Like, why why wouldn't the host of this LGBTQ mixer make a point of like getting to know me? I was just like, you know, my negativity bias and shames went to work and came up with all of these conspiracy theories about how I wasn't cute enough or interesting enough or something. So I had this bit of resentment that I was carrying around. And I was like, this guy Craig doesn't like me. And and I don't like him because he doesn't like me. So when I saw him around at other WDS events, I kind of avoided him. Nonetheless, I had an amazing time at my first WDS. And I decided I was definitely coming back in 2019. So the next year I go back and I, now I know some people and I, I host another meetup and I feel like, you know, a little bit more part of the community. And once again, I notice that Craig is hosting the LGBTQ plus mixer. And I'm like, well, I mean, I am LGBTQ, so I should go. Like, maybe there'll be other nice people there. There certainly was last year, even though I felt like this Craig guy didn't really welcome me. So I went again, and I met a lot of really cool people. And then this time, I, I kind of got a very different impression of this guy, Craig. As is almost always the case when I think that someone like doesn't like me for no conceivable reason or seems aloof, it's actually probably just because they're shy or there's some social awkwardness. So this year I got like a way warmer vibe from him and we we chatted a little bit and we got to know each other a little bit and as I started to see him around at World Domination Summit at other events we started like chatting more and then you know by the end of WDS 2019 I came away with this feeling like, wow, I really misjudged that Craig guy. And I started like, I started Googling him and I saw he had this like really cool business that he was doing in which he was helping people create a really great morning routine. And I was actually quite inspired by it. I was like, I want to take the lessons of his morning routine business thing and apply that to shame stuff. And I, I, I don't know, I came away with this kind of affinity. And, and this wasn't a romantic thing at all. I just felt like, wow, I really misjudge this guy. And I really like what he's all about now that I understand him. And though he doesn't know this, because like we never really got to chat that much, I actually feel like a kind of a connection is there. And this like sense that we were proto-friends. I was just sure that the next time I saw him, we would probably connect a lot and we would have like a real friendship. And it was made all the more potentially real by the fact that he actually lives in Canada. And there was a very good chance that we would be in the same city at various times throughout the year. So I kind of had this whole plan. I was like excited about this proto friend who probably had no idea that he was my proto friend. And I was looking forward to World Domination Summit 2020, which is coming up in June, because I was like, it's my chance to kind of materialize this proto friendship, to, to concretize it and, and make it real. And that was really meaningful to me because I am someone who, I mean, like all social animals, all humans, I really like connection. But I also feel like I especially long for more 
gay male connection that isn't sexual. Once again, and, and I think I could, I think I will, in fact, do an entire episode about this topic. There's this real conflation in me, and I think in a lot of gay men, between attraction, sex, and connection, belonging, and community. All of those things kind of get wrapped up in this sometimes tense way. And I'm really looking to meet more gay friends. Like, I actually only have a handful of close gay friends, and I would love to expand that network. It feels like a a real blind spot in my life. And this Craig guy seemed like a perfect candidate. We both go to World Domination Summit. We're both interested in, like, personal betterment stuff. We both live in Canada. We both like to organize meetups. So, I don't know, I just had him pegged as this proto-gay male friend who was going to maybe be something meaningful in the future, something connected to belonging and community without having to be sexual. And, I mean, I've met a lot of people in my life who I thought were cool or who I thought I had a connection with, a kind of proto-friendship might be developing, but it was always kind of unconscious. You know, I wasn't really kind of conspiring to befriend them. But for some reason, I came away from WDS conspiring to befriend Craig. And I think it had to do with the fact that I had misjudged him the first year. And I sort of realized that maybe I had been aloof by misinterpreting the fact that, you know, he could be shy or all kinds of different reasons. I sort of like I probably gave off a bad vibe to him, and I felt uh, guilt around that, and I, I, I felt a desire to kind of like make up for it and to make amends to him and to myself for, I don't know, not capitalizing on it, not, you know, something interesting about community is I find that I'm always looking to be invited into community. I always assume that community is something that already exists and I'm on the outside and I'm waiting for someone to say, hey, AJ, get in here. But as I've been traveling and thinking more about shame and connection, I'm realizing that probably everybody feels that way. Everybody feels like they're on the outside of community because of shame, and they're waiting for someone else to invite them in. Meanwhile, we're all looking at each other, assuming that we all, you know, that everyone else is already invited in to the community. So Craig had been to WDS before, and he was a seasoned meetup hoster. So I assumed that I needed him to invite me in. And I now realize that that's bullshit. That's a shame illusion. Community is always something that we can co-create. I could have invited him in to my community, or I could have just invited myself into the community. The point is that if you're waiting around for community to come along, it's maybe not going to happen. And even if it does, you might actually have to make an effort to kind of like weasel your way into the community. You might have to say, hey, I want to be part of this community. You know, you have to kind of put yourself out there. And shame is always kind of telling us to be very careful and delicate and not make it too obvious that we want to be included because what if we aren't? Then it's going to feel really awful and full of rejection. 
But really, I feel like there's this game of chicken going on where everybody's waiting to get invited by the other person into friendship or into community. And I realized that I allowed that game of shamey chicken to stop me from connecting with someone. And I wasn't going to let that happen again. And I had this real, you know, this real conscious intention of becoming in community with Craig in 2020. And then one day I was on the WDS website and somebody posted that one of the community members had committed suicide. And it was Craig. And I was surprised by how much grief I felt for someone who I honestly didn't even know at all. But it was just such a shock. I was like, hey, what? That's my proto-friend. How could my proto-friend kill himself before I even befriend him? And it was such a weird, lonely feeling that I couldn't really talk to anyone about. I mean, of course I could. That's another shame illusion. But there was there was no go-to person to say, hey, can you believe this this has happened? Because we don't really have a lot of mutual friends. And I didn't even really know him. And and I felt strange even feeling grief for someone who I didn't even really know when all these other people did know him and were legitimately sad. It was like, who am I to like make a big deal out of this when it's not about me? So I just had this kind of like isolated, lonely, strange, vacant, empty sense of grief for something that hadn't happened yet. I had a grief for all this potential that I was sure existed. And I had grief for this desire to create something and grief for this desire to make amends and grief for not having made a move sooner. You know, I was sort of waiting for the next WDS, but I could have sent a message to this guy at any time saying, hey, like, remember, like, we met at your meetup a couple times. you know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I would have said. You know, when somebody dies, there's there's always people saying, "Hold your loved ones close and tell them you love them." And I'm always a little bit skeptical of that because I'm like, pretty sure all of my loved ones know I love them, and I don't feel like I should feel bad that if someone close to me dies, oh, did I tell them I love them enough? I mean. I get it. I can imagine that. And I don't want to make someone who does feel that feel like they shouldn't feel it. You feel what you feel. But I'm just saying I always felt a little bit skeptical of needing to hold my loved ones any closer and tell them that I love them. But in this case, I realized that it was true. It's not for me about holding my loved ones closer and telling them that I love them more, though I'm sure that's probably (laughs) good advice. It's about those people that are a little bit on the fringes, the, the, the acquaintances or the proto-friends or the co-workers. It's, 
It's actually the people who we aren't that close to, but for whom we have a lot of positive regard. We have a lot of affection. We, you know, it's like, well, maybe we're never going to be close friends, but I just want you to know that I think you're awesome. And I think in some other world, maybe we would be friends, you know, if we lived in the same place. And I have a lot of regret that I never got to communicate that to Craig. And it feels weird even saying it. It's like, honestly, I I don't really know this person. But yet I had this whole meaningful thing surrounding him. And it ended in such a strange and startling way. And it also, you know, I have I have no idea what the circumstances are around his suicide, but it made me think about suicide in this way where, you know, my being friends with Craig obviously wasn't going to save his life. Me sending him a random note, that wasn't going to save his life. I, I have no idea what he was actually going through. But I know that we all go through those times where we feel completely alone, we feel completely isolated, or we feel like nobody really cares, or we feel like nobody will love us or accept us if they find out our truth. And to imagine that Craig was feeling something like that, having no idea that there was someone like me out there who was just like really excited to see him again. And I don't know if that would make any difference. But if if I'm excited to see him again, I can only imagine how many other proto-friends Craig had around the world, to say nothing of actual friends. And there's something kind of magical about that. It's like, no matter how isolated you feel, there's probably some crazy person out there that, like, you don't even realize. You don't even realize that you are on their radar, that they are excited to get to know you, that they have seen something in you that they really connected with, and they, I don't know, there's just all this potential for the future. That's what it was. It was like, I'm assuming when you're experiencing suicidal ideation that there is not a lot of potential that you see for the future. But I was, I was over here, and I saw so much potential. And to me, it's just so sad that I never got to communicate, hey, I think there's a lot of potential here. So I guess what I'm saying is, don't hold your family and your loved ones and your friends closer. No. Go out and find that proto-friend or that acquaintance or whoever it is and say, hey, you, I don't really I don't really know you, but there's something about you that I just really like and I see a lot of potential in you and I just wanted you to know that. 